Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. This is part two of Tough Talk. The Apostle Paul was either a crazy man or indeed he was a man who wrote as the Holy Spirit led him. I contend that when we read scriptures, including the letters that Paul wrote to the various churches and individuals, that we read it through special lenses. The Bible is an errant word of God, that it was God breathed to those who were chosen to write what we now have as the Bible. There are two scriptures that support what I'm saying. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 This book that God himself authored is with great purpose to instruct, rebuke, correct, and train us simply for us to become righteous and so that we may be fully prepared to live a godly life. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter 1 verses 20 to 21. Those men who were selected by God to write the mind of God as led by God were chosen and used by God himself to write what we now have as the Bible. Therefore, I give you one disclaimer. When I make reference to the Bible, I do not do so as a whim but I respect the Holy Word of God and I seek the help of the Holy Spirit to help this frail and imperfect human to understand and use the scripture simply the way God wants me to. Against that background, let us continue our tough talk about the wisdom of God in determining the highest quality of human relationship, that of sex, which we talked about yesterday, and the highest aspect of our relationship with God himself, that of worship, which we will talk about today. In doing so, we're making the point that both activities were created, designed by God for purpose. Sex was designed by God to be experienced by a man and a woman who are married together. It is not meant to be tampered with before marriage, nor with anyone outside of your marriage. Sex, when experienced in the correct context between the husband and the wife, is the act that God ordained for the two to become one flesh. You cannot therefore go around having sex with anyone you please and as many persons as you please because then you would be violating the divine order of sex. In the same breath, God created worship as the highest expression of the relationship between God and humans. Listen to God speaking to his people. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, 
Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6, 15-20 It almost seems irreligious to be talking about sex and worship in the same conversation. But this is God's business, and in this quotation, Paul takes us into that depth of understanding of these two experiences without being ungodly. Here is a message that Paul is making to us. In the business of sex, when done according to the teachings of Scripture, exclusively in the context of marriage between a man and a woman, it results in that famous God statement, the two will become one flesh. One flesh. They are joined as one. In this marriage, God has knitted them together as one, and there is a strong and clear mandate. What God has joined together, let no human being pull asunder. That is unambiguous. Adultery, therefore, is absolutely wrong in the eyes of God. In fact, Paul does not give us a list each time. He simply uses the overarching term of sexual immorality on occasions to refer to any sexual activity outside of that one which is ordained by God between a man and a woman who are married together. Then there is the conjunction but used as a contrast or a condition between two concepts. He says in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17, But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. What is Paul saying? This Christianity is a relationship, the most intimate of relationships between God and a human. God and humans are thrown into this relationship not because we were created by God, but because we are born again by God. The sacred relationship between God and a person who has been redeemed has been elevated to the highest level. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. You, my fellow Christians, are chosen by God to be in this relationship. And according to Paul, you are in a one-ship relationship with the God of the universe, the Creator. So Paul tells us that God demands of us that we do not commit sexual immorality because we're not our own. We do not have permission to engage in any form of immorality because we are desecrating our bodies and we are devaluing our relationship with God and what God has created for a husband and a wife. You are bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. You are not a common person. You are God's personal possession. So what should we do? In marriage, the husband or the wife should not withhold sex from the other. In our relationship with God, we do not withhold worship from God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what do we do? We choose to worship God daily. And in order to do so, we do not follow the ungodly practices that we see in society, but by a 360-degree transformation of our minds, our thinking, we please God in how we live. Child of God, 
Honor God in the way you live always. This, my friend, is the counsel of God.